Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Oh, welcome to the Cobra Cast for the President VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty, the Prez Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky VP, Ed Dog Etridge. Welcome to the show and welcome, Ed Dog. Mate, welcome to the 63rd edition of the Cobra Cast. Can you believe that? 63. But, uh, mate, I haven't seen you for a whole week. So as people know, we record these intros, the three intros in the space of a day. So I haven't seen you for a full seven days. What's been happening? You got you gone uh, on any holidays or anything like that? I've been to Etobicoke. I've been to um, Grand River, and I've been to Burnaby. That's a blow your library record. There's about two months ago, mate. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only just edited them, all right? So it yeah, right, took yeah, me back. Took me yeah. back to you know you, better times. Yeah, you're doing better than me, mate. I spent half my week in bed with a broken tooth, so. Yeah, mate, you got doing better than me. Get off the sweets, mate. Yeah. I've actually been off the sweets for quite some time. Uh, it's just, just you when you chip a bottle, a chip a tooth with a bottle cap when you're about twenty or when you're about seventeen. It just over time things catch up with you. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, we've got to address something. I'm wearing a, we're wearing our indigenous uh, merch. Um, it is. Well, it's just been Indigenous Round. At the time of recording this, you haven't seen the dream time at the G, so you don't know how disappointed at you the, At the time of recording this, I'm still in good spirits. Yeah. Um, I'm in great spirits because we had a bloody good win. Um, and I'll tell you what, it is awesome to see a game that's uh, the round that's celebrating the Indigenous people getting played up at the top end. And it's, it's why, why haven't they thought of it earlier? I think it's always been something discussed, like, you know, why isn't it played in Darwin in the top end? I think it literally comes down to revenue. You you get 80000 to the um, MCG for Dreamtime of the G. You know, it's, I understand yeah, yeah. it. No, it's, I understand. Dreamtime of the G is a traditional. You've got to have that at the G. But I reckon, mate. Don't they normally play a game up in Darwin or in Alice Springs? Yeah, the, man, maybe, the, maybe I just haven't given a shit until Carlton was playing it, so... Right, I'm, pretty sure Melbourne, I'm pretty sure Melbourne and Adelaide usually play their game up in the north, in top end. But my, uh, besides how good it's saying, yeah, From yeah. now on, it's Carlton Gold Coast up at, up at Darwin, TIO, Friday night before Dream Time of the G. Oh, how good is it, like, it though? How good is it to see crowds at footy, though? Like, oh. we're, we're down here at the moment. We're in a position where, as we've mentioned, we, leaving our door, is leaving our house is almost frowned upon. But... It's saying crowds. I mentioned to you earlier, Mark, I was saying um, my optimism for our 2021 season is it, it, it's high. You know, effectively, as recording this, it would have been probably the last round of the home and away season, if not first week of finals for our league. So effectively, we can look at it now that home and away season is done, effectively, the 2020. So 
look forward to 2021. We're saying all these clubs around the world that were in you know, a worse spot than Australia were only a handful of months ago, out playing games of foot. There's competitions running around the world, teams, even people in America are to start training. It gives me hope that 2021 should go unaffected. But back to the Indigenous... Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Fingers back crossed, to the Indigenous mate. side, mate. I want to... Who is your favourite Indigenous player of all time? Mate, it's, that's a tough one because there's been some bloody great Indigenous players. And, you know, being a Carlton man, I'm always going to be biased a little bit to, to Eddie. I love Eddie. And mate, when we had the three... Three amigos, Eddie Betts, Jeffy Garlett, and Chris Yaron running around. It was, and you know, and then Andrew Walker, who's is part Aboriginal himself, you know, taking hangers, and them three running around kicking goals and Yaron off the mate. It was some good times, but seeing all the highlights of all the greats that have you know through the time, and I got to say, I was pretty partial towards Jeffy Farmer. I I absolutely mm. loved watching him back in the nineties. The whiz taking hangers and kicking goals and mate, he was he was electric and um you know being that they were sort of doing all right throughout that time as well um you know yeah he, he was taking hanger one week Russell Robinson was you know trying to take a hanger the next and it was they were pretty exciting they, they were an exciting then. outfit mate and mine uh, my favorite indigenous player is the same as my favorite player of all time. Away goes Michael Long. One bounce. Still going. Uh, mate, Michael Long... <laughs> so Sorry about that. I might just have to get going. Up. But nah, Michael nah. Long is not only my favourite Indigenous player, but he's my favourite player of all time. He's what made me love footy, love Essen, you know. My, 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 one of my first memories of footy was actually Michael Long doing his knee in 96. I remember on a Wednesday night, centenary game, he's kicked the goal and following ass over Titton. Done his knee. He's only just come back from knee Rico, and I went back and started watching all the tapes. Oh, I've got you know just the silk and the smoothness of him. But I'd also be reminiscent not to say about um, Gavin Wagoning. You know, I think as a younger kid, I was a bit like ah, stuff him due to the fact that '97 he went across the Adelaide. But you look back at him now, and what an absolute star that he was. But same time, I can't go past the greatest Indigenous player ever, purely based on the number that he wore. Nathan, love it, Murray. You wear 42, you're good in my books. <laughs> yeah, mate, he, he had some good, good times. Good yeah, he did hit Zaharakis up for that goal against Collingwood. So. Uh, there's, there's probably two other Indigenous players that I... One that goes un, under the radar a bit is Wirrapunda from Ooh. West Coast. He was, yes. he was magic, mate. And, you know, being that he played along some... I, Brandlow medals. What about, what about actually Sampy? Like, Sampy, yeah, right, yeah. but all right, Wurupanda, like throughout those West Coast Grand Final years, he was absolutely magic to watch. And Andy McLeod, mate, oh, if you're not, yeah. if he's not mentioning like top, top ten, two. top, yeah, <laughs> I'm talking of all players, like he's up there in the top five uh, for right, sure. Was he a back-to-back Norm Smith medalist? So, like, that's a yeah, like, that's, that's, that's a rare feat. Yeah, he was he was a magic to watch, and I could go on all day about the indigenous players. Like, there's just so many of them, and hopefully, and hopefully, by sitting here, Essendon's just unearthed another star in the Moz. Hopefully, Moz, I'm looking forward to seeing, mate. I, I mate, it's it's like we we've just had a discussion earlier today with uh, 
bloke over in the US who's got his own podcast. Mate, mate, give give the man some respect. We this morning we spoke to Ross from the Fourth and Long podcast in America. We uh he got us on there to chat about you know, the Cobra cast, obviously, but chat about our beloved Sandown Cobras, the club itself. But did you ever think that back in February that the Sandown Cobras, this, you know, this little club southeast of Melbourne at the back of Springvale, would be featured on a bloody American podcast about NFL, NHL, UFC, and they're chatting about the damn Sandown Cobras. Mate, and it's the second podcast we've been yeah. on. We've been guests on another podcast. So, mate, yeah, we're, you know, footy. When, when you're global and trending like we are, the best, you know, the best podcast hosted by two rookies going around, um, it's what happens. But, yeah, we had a great chat with him about, you know, Liam Henry making his debut for the Dockers and and then we had to bring up the Moz making his yeah. debut, mate. Now, we're running out of time, mate, so I'm going to save my, uh, my podcast recommendations for Wednesday night. But go and check out uh, Fourth and Long Podcast and we speak all about, you know, that Liam Henry, we speak about the Tom Lynch, you know, the dog act behind the ball. But we actually got to speak about actual football, like actual going-ons in football in our opinion. That I, I reckon we got off that chat and he's going, shouldn't have asked that dog his opinion on some things because he just wouldn't shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Mark, well, we, we probably should get into this, eh? Yeah. Oh, well, oh shit. Oh, it's cat of the week. We haven't even mentioned it's cat of the week. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, so we're going... We're going to travel a couple of different parts of Canada this time. So we're going... Uh, First stop is Etobicoke Kangaroos. Kangaroos, which is neat. I'm, I'm glad we haven't done this like the USAFL week because you'd be crucifying me for the travel itinerary because we're going Toronto, to Toronto, across to the West Coast, then back to Toronto. So, whew. It's all right, man. But it's, Burnaby, it's Eagles, right. Burnaby Eagles next week. Oh, sorry, next week. Burnaby Eagles on Wednesday and then the Grand River Gargoyles on Friday. Matt, so we're going all over Canada. We're going to chat to three teams. But first, we're going to chat with uh, Tobacco Kangaroos. Um, and then, yeah, we'll catch on the next one in Burnaby and then Grand River. Grand River. Nice. Okay, so today we are joined by Jeunesse from the Tobacco Kangaroos all the way over in Canada. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, no, thanks for joining us. We're keen to learn about your club and your uh, history uh, over there for the Tobacco Kangaroos. Um, but first of all, how did you come across Aussie Rules? So I was watching a hockey game with a friend uh, and we were just really talking sports. Um, it was one of my coworkers and he invited another friend who played currently played uh, at that time for the team or for the club. And then we were just talking about sports, talking about hockey. Um, somehow we got into a bit of like football because I played flag football in uh, just leisurely in university. And then she's like, would you be interested in trying out Aussie rules football? I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? So she invited me to a preseason training and then it kind of just took off from there. Oh, very nice. So when you say you played football at university, you mean uh, soccer, the round ball, or another? Uh, American football. American football. <laughs> okay. You knew that's what she meant, mate. No, I just... <laughs> you, you just wanted to just make a point. <laughs> I just you got to clarify, there's many games that get, get called football. Um, Did American... the flag flag football not ring a bell? Like, not 
Take <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you would play <laughs> soccer or football. Football would play. <laughs> um, but it's good that you found the Aussie game. It's a more more fun version of football, I think. Um, <laughs> but uh, how about the club? When and how was the club founded, and why did they choose the Kangaroos? Uh, the club, from what I know, was founded in two thousand and three. And then it started off with just the men's. Um, the women's started, I feel like they started in 2010, a few years after that. Um, but the league just started to grow. Um, and, you know, females, women were always looking to join in on the fun. So um, our our founders, um, Greg Everett, along with, she doesn't play for our club anymore, uh, but she was pivotal in founding our club. Her name's Sherelle Kelly. They got together and decided that uh, there was really a calling for a women's team. Um, and then, yeah, it was really just bringing a, awareness to the sport and trying to grow, grow this sport over here. Yeah, nice. So, um. Obviously, the women started a bit later than the men. How did you guys go in your first season as the women's team? Um, I So, I joined the team in 2014. Uh, I was completely brand new. Our team wasn't um, as polished our fir the first year that I joined. So, there was a few games where <laughs> we really got slaughtered. But it was actually crazy because... Um, the first year was just really all about learning a lot of about like, you know, transitioning skills. I actually come from a basketball background. Like I grew up playing basketball my whole life and trying to transition those skills into footy was, was really different. Um, and then it was really just about trying to rein in on those skills. And I, it was in our next in my next year, my second year of playing footy, that we actually were able to level up and, and beg a, champ, a premiership. <laughs> you guys have won a couple, haven't you? Yeah, so uh, the men, they, I think they won their first one in 2008. Uh, I think they've won about four or five. We actually won a double premiership in 2015, which was epic so our men's team and our women's team won and it was just absolutely a riot uh and then the women we were able to follow that with three more premierships in 2016 17 and 18 so got four yeah yeah and then they you got uh beaten in the grand final last year as well so you could have made it five and unfortunately yeah and it was a really close game like our grand final last year it was nuts because we got, we just had some really bad luck with, with the referees and the umps and got some really bad calls, some really unlucky goals. And we were down most of the game and we managed to even it up and bring it really close within maybe like the last five minutes. Like I swear, it's so heartbreaking because if we had another maybe 10 minutes or so with the momentum that we had, I swear we could have had another one. <laughs> yeah, we had that. Uh, about seven years ago, we were sort of down all day. And then last quarter, momentum kicked in. And the, like it was grand final day. And 
a lot of people reckon. I actually never knew how close the scores were until about five years later when I finally decided to check it. I think we only lost by 11 points. And it was you know, another five minutes we probably would have over the line. But Rifty, you, know, you can ask the question that you know is on my mind, mate. All right. So anytime anyone mentions a close loss, it brings up a question that we had going around our club last year. Um, and it was uh, a very contentious question. It got, caused a lot of hot debate. And that question is, would you rather lose by one point or 100 points? Um, so anytime anyone's brought up a close loss, we have to ask that question. So what would you go with, one point or 100? Um, uh, man, <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. I, I would rather go by 100. You want to bring it in as tight as you can. and I mean, not by 100, sorry, by, by one. I'd rather lose by one because uh, you want to bring it in as tight as you can and really put up a fight. So our, our club has a slogan, unified and relentless. And it's really just that like, no matter what, whether you're down by 50, 100, 1,000, it doesn't matter. You don't give up and you really just pick yourself back up and, and fight the good fight. That's good. That's, it's, we're glad that it's been universal. Every club we've asked that question, they've gone with the one point. And um, I continue to say it's only the soft people that go for the hundred <laughs> because they, you know, they don't want the heartbreak. I know how, how heartbreaking a close loss is, but I'd rather be in it all the way to the end than, um, you know, out of it yeah. from the, from the start. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mate. Go ahead. All right. So, um, how hard has it been for you guys to maintain players and, and recruit new players to maintain your dominance in the women's side? Um, I mean, we, we go through our ups and downs in terms of recruiting and it's really just inviting as many people we know to the game to try it out. Uh, I feel like majority of people that do come out and, and give it a go I mean, it's just such a great game. How can you not fall in love with the sport, with um, the camaraderie of the club? Like, even in the past, I've played for other teams. And to be part of a club where there's, like, a men's side, a women's side, but at the end, we all come together. We practice together. Um, we do fun things together. We'll go to games together. And there really is um, no type of, like, friendship or community like that that I find within that it's really hard to find within sports, especially as you get older um, and it becomes more of like a leisure, a leisurely thing. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I definitely understand about the, um, you know, the family and the bond that you make within football clubs. Um, so whereabouts do you guys train and play? Uh, we play, uh, it's called Sir. Colonel Samuel Smith Park. So it's in Etobicoke. It's right. Uh, it belongs to Humber College, their South Campus. Um, and it's like just probably t like 20 minute, 20 minute drive from downtown Toronto. So is that a oval or do you guys have to play on like soccer pitches side by side type of thing like most clubs? No, it's it's an oval. So actually, our our ground is pr 
probably the only field in Ontario that's actually like designed or like yeah basically designed and, and made for footy I know sometimes they play cricket games on there but um that's the only the ground so um I know other clubs they they practice at different parks or whatnot but most of but all of the games that are played within the GTA area are played at our field did you mind? AFL Ontario. Uh, we already asked that question. It's already answered. Uh, um, Sorry, it, it's, it's early in the morning. We're, <laughs> we're sort of nah, not I'm with just, it. I'll, I'm trying to get visuals of things at the moment. So what was the name of the ground again? I want to check it out on Google Maps. Sir Colonel Samuel Smith Park, I think. Colonel the, Samuel Smith Park. It's quite, quite the mouthful. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. <laughs> Um, so for a club to be as successful as, as you guys have been, I'm sure you've uh, been managed to get a fair bit of support through sponsors. Uh, how hard has it been for the club to gain sponsors? Um, again, it's really reaching out to our personal network, um, really showing them the... Like for us in in Canada and in Ontario, Australian rules football it 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 really is a niche sport. So it's like first it it, it can be a bit of a difficulty because we have to first introduce them to the sport and then introduce them to the club and to the team. Um, but we have a pretty good crowd um, that comes and watches play, whether it's family or or relatives, friends, and then. Um, there's a few past, like few people that have, that pass by the park and then watch us play and then think that it's absolutely awesome and they'll come out every week uh, to watch us play. But in terms of finding sponsors, um, it can be difficult, but at the end of the day, it's all an energy exchange. Um, and it's really just trying to support back. So most of our, our sponsors we find are, uh, different pubs or restaurants. Um, we we've been really lucky that one of our biggest supporters is pretty high up in one of the microbreweries down here. Um, so that's been one of our sponsors. Um, but yeah, in terms of the finding sponsors, it's really just about like showing the leverage that our club has, the influence that our club has we have this many players and we usually, you know, meet up after practices, after games and whatnot. And we'll spend, um, you know, a couple dollars on beers and food and all that good stuff. So in the end, it usually does come back to them. Yeah. It's, uh, it's important that it's uh, build good relationships and it's been great that to hear that some, some clubs are doing it uh, a bit easier than others and that, there's businesses and pubs and stuff that realize um, these guys that play this silly Aussie game love to drink and they're going to definitely <laughs> come and, um, you know, get their money's money worth out of it. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I was, I did just, I think I've, I've come across this park. Uh, so it's not too far from the waterfront. Is that, am I looking at the right place? 
Yeah. Um, so there's a path that you can follow and you can basically run right along the lake shore. Um, there's a lot of people that jog, so rollerblade. So there's like an ice skate rink near there and stuff as well. I think so. <laughs> to be honest, I've never, I've never skated there, but I think there is. Yeah, that's uh, looks looks like a pretty uh, picturesque sort of place to to play at. That's for sure. Um, you just wouldn't want to go kicking too many bombs. It might end up in the little creek or off to, off to the uh, off the shoreline there. Yeah, for sure. Actually, there's one there's one end of our field where if you kick it, like it goes down this hill and into a creek and we'll have to send players to like go and fetch the footies and like we're like good luck or it's like no nah, that's all you <laughs> that's all you bud you go down there and fetch it yeah no, it looks it looks like quite the setup and it's good that you're able to play on a, an actual oval where a lot of clubs we've spoke to you don't have that so it's uh, fantastic that they've got that over there but all right, now we, we want to hear about the important stuff. And you mentioned having gone to your sponsors and stuff, but the social side of the club is what we, we love to find out about. And especially we love to hear about what clubs do for grand final day for the AFL grand final. Rephrase uh, that question, please, Rift. Yeah, so, so what do you guys do for an AFL grand final day and, um, and other social events? Um, so for AFL grand final... Um, we really just will invite all our friends and family, all of our fans, all of our supporters, bring them out to the game. Um, it's usually followed up by, um, you know, these really motivating speeches from our coaches and their fellow teammates. Uh, we usually take a, a team pick right before the game, before we all get sweaty and disheveled. <laughs> Um, and then we'll line up and sing the Canadian National Anthem, and that's probably the one day of the year where I get to hear the Australian National Anthem, <laughs> and then, yeah, we start our game, and that's the grand final. I We usually set up all of the grand finals for a day, so it's honestly like a full day of grand finals, so you'll have... Um, two men's games there's a b division and a division and the women's um the women's division so like even after your game's done or before your game's done you're honestly watching like a series of just good matches all in all and usually it's like you're you're rooting for you know players that like fellow players and friends that are on other teams or um it could be your own club or your own rival club that's playing in a different premiership for the men's or whatever. So it's always something to cheer on. So it, it's pretty, it's a pretty eventful day. We used to have like a barbecue with beers and, but, and hot dogs and burgers, but uh, we got called out by some bird watchers. So that was kind of unfortunate. <laughs> they brought a, they brought a bit of a, a rain down, on, down on our grand final day and our barbecue. But other than that, it's a lot of fun. So what what's the party like after grand final days? Is that a, a big one? Big celebration? Yeah. Um, it's honestly it's it's a riot. Usually we go like uh pub crawling or uh and we'll just go from like pub to pub, 
um, a lot of drinking, <laughs> lots and lots of drinking. Um, but it's just a fun time. We act, we do every year our team does have uh, an end of the year banquet where we do awards, best and fairest. The club, uh, the league does that as well. They'll do the awards and stuff too, but. But yeah, after a grand final and especially after our double premiership with the guys and the girls that we were like all just elated. It was it was crazy. We just tore down every place in, in Toronto. <laughs> so what awards do you guys have at your end of year uh, function? Uh, we have we have our best and fairest. We have things like most improve. Um, we'll have things like our top scorer, best defender. And then I forget the actual, I forget the actual name of the award, but it's something like the coach's pick or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but basically our coach awards it to someone who's just worked really hard um, as well. Yeah. Look at your pictures on your face, but it looks like it's a, uh, nice night to get dressed up and presentation nights uh possibly probably our favorite night on the calendar rift you'd say yeah. i think it's probably the one that the boys and all the their partners all get excited about every year so um what position do you play uh i'll swap between um forward midfield and midfield positions so i'm usually somewhere on the ball um or up front trying to bag a few goals <laughs> yeah that's forward where you want to be that's where the, the superstars play uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that no, rift doesn't play down back mate you know, she's a smart one this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah go on say it <laughs> nah it's all good man it's all good it's too early so, morning for you mate to give me shit this guy thinks anyone that plays down back is just a fail forward. Oh, I so. never said that. I've seen your way to that many times. Yeah. <laughs> but but he, he doesn't realise that without his, the backmen and the, the midfielders, he'd have nothing to do up forward. So. Yeah, for sure. They're the ones that, that save our asses. So. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Hear that, Ed Dog? I know that. I know that. I just like, <laughs> I just like our backmen not knowing that. Um. Yeah. What number do you wear? Uh, I wear 16 because that's my birthday, March 16th. Oh, the May 16th is mine. I thought when you said 16 and then you said the M, I was like, oh, May 16, but no, close enough. <laughs> close enough. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're at rift. Sorry. Yeah, what, what about the uh, AFL? Have you picked a team to follow in the AFL or is it just the kangaroos because of the colours? Um, probably just the kangaroos, to be honest. Um, I'm, I don't really watch AFL much until the grand final. <laughs> I'm kind of guilty of that. Um, and then I usually just watch the grand final and, and pick who, and pick one of the teams that are in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's I, I can't blame you. Kangaroos, yeah. so. I can't blame her for not watching much of the footy. If I lived in, like time zone difference, I wouldn't watch much of it either. If I could be on at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. through to about 3 a.m. their time. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, we're usually watching um, like replays or, well, on the grand final night, our, our team usually comes together and we'll like stay up late and have like chips and, and snacks and, and our PJs and we're literally <laughs> watching the grand final. Actually, our, um, our one of our co-friends, Greg Everett, he actually goes down and watches the grand final every single year. So we always count on him to be there in present. <laughs> yeah, very nice. That's impressive. Um, not considering you don't really watch that much uh, football, do you have a, a favorite player that you like to follow, though? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, for the women's, we tend to watch more of the women because it's similar to our playing style and, and how we would um, – really be on the field. Um, I do want to give a shout out to one of our former players. Her name's Haley Trevian. So uh, she played with the Ruse in 20, or our Etobicoke Ruse in 2015. And then she was able to um, be drafted by Carlton. And right now, I think she plays for the, for Geelong Cats. Um, so yeah, she's basically putting, um, women like women on the map in terms of AFL and putting our team on the map so shout out to her um but other than that um I know a lot of us follow uh and love to watch uh Emma Emma Kearney so she's just like a really great great player great leader and she's just a workhorse and as I said before like our slogan is unified and relentless and she just always embodies that on the field yeah, nice. Uh, it's it's great that uh, one of your very own girls has made it over and made it to the the big league. That's fantastic. And um, the women's uh, AFLW is just going to get stronger and stronger over the next few years, I think. And it's uh, it'd be a very proud moment for the club to have someone that used to play with them, you know, make their mark in the AFL. Yeah, for sure. Um, when when we got the news, like we were all just rooting for her and standing by her a hundred percent. And it's honestly like me, I'm a leisurely player. So to be able to say that I've actually played on the field and like, you know, shed this blood, sweat and tears alongside her. And now she's like in the big leagues. Like, I feel like that's pretty cool on my part <laughs> that yeah. I get to say that. That's also, we've got plenty of guys at our club that like to remind us that they played under nines with some guy who made it to the AFL. And played two games. Yeah. Um, And they weren't, you know, weren't playing as adults at all. So it's, uh, yeah, fantastic. And hopefully you you have a few young girls that get inspired and come down to the club and and end up, you know, following in her footsteps. That'd be uh, fantastic. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but it's now it's time for our dog's favorite part. It's where we get you to uh, throw some of your teammates under the bus. And um, being that you do have men's and women's, so we'd like like you to try and throw one from each under the bus. Um, but what have you got first, that dog? All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, it just makes it fun when you can have two players you know, get thrown under the bus. And <laughs> why not? So, uh, who at the Kangaroos would you say is the class clown of each team? The class clown. Um, 
I'm gonna say, he's not an active player anymore, but he's really pivotal in uh, like founding our club and he's always active and around. He's kind of a retired player now, but he's always just shooting shit on the sidelines with us. Sometimes he'll make a surprise guest appearance on the field, but his name is Dragon and he's just always joking around. Um, so he's probably our, our class clown. Sounds like my type of person, Rifty on the sidelines, just cracking jokes. <laughs> um, who's the party animal? The party animal, that's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably me. Um, we do have, it's probably me and uh, my girl Maddie and Nick. We're probably like the ones that are always raving. As for the guys, uh, his nickname will probably give it away, but his nickname is Boozer. I actually don't even know. <laughs> it's actually so bad because I don't even know his real name. Um, <laughs> yeah. I should ask my boyfriend. My boyfriend, he plays for the men's team. I, I should probably ask him. I'm like, what's Boozer's real name? But yeah. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with not knowing someone's <laughs> real name. It, may, it, it makes their nickname even more important and better because I have my... Tell your story, Rift, about Killer. Uh, so we have a guy <laughs> at our club. He's known as Killer. And I reckon for about three, four seasons, I didn't actually know his real name. <laughs> many of us didn't know his real name until he, uh, like he's an older guy. So he got on Facebook and started adding people and we're getting this notification pop up saying friend request Warren Buck. And I'm like, who the hell is Warren Buck? I don't know this guy. <laughs> Click on it. It's his picture. Oh, it's killer. All right. That's his name. So, yeah. Um, we've had a few of those moments in our club. Like I, I would say that's one thing with with Woody and is just the amount of nicknames that come out of it. it it's hilarious. Like, and the guys, the guys more so, they come up with the funniest nicknames. Like, I remember there's one guy, and he just accepted it. Like his nickname was Jeansy, and it's because he showed up to uh, one of our practices in jeans. And then wanted to play footy, joined our team, but then he was just forever labeled Jeansy. <laughs> so you say like nicknames. We have to have nicknames at our clubs because there would be probably 10 Matthews at our club. So, yeah. And they've all now have to have a nickname because when you get someone coming names Matt, all right, we need a nickname for you straight away because you can't be calling you Matt because that way you, know, you call someone Matt, 10 people look at you. But um, <laughs> who at your club would you say has the best nickname? The best nickname. Whether it's you know, not the greatest nickname, but the story behind it is just awesome. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I, I, I feel so horrible because <laughs> I do have to throw him under the bus, but his nickname is Tinder. <laughs> uh, yes. So, yeah, and... And it's so funny because on the field or at practice, you'd hear Tinder, Tinder, Tinder. <laughs> and yeah, that's obviously, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory, but uh, he had a yep. pretty <laughs> notoriable rep reputation on, on Tinder. <laughs> I'm going to guess he always swings onto his right. <laughs> we did used to ask who the ladies man was, but we, we were finding that most clubs were saying, oh, that everyone's shacked up, everyone's in a relationship, so... We didn't even have to ask the question and we know who the, the ladies' <laughs> man is. <'cause... laughs> 
It's a great prob- nickname, though. There's probably a couple of guys <laughs> at our club that need that nickname, but they've already got too many nicknames as it is. So. Yeah, we have a severe issue at our club. I think Tinder's found it. I think they found his final match, though. So, oh. <laughs> so he's locked up. We we might have to change his nickname. Nope, not, not how it works. Just be cemented. Not how it works. <laughs> Let him live with that nickname for the rest of his life. <laughs> it, did they meet on Tinder at least? Is that? I don't think so. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> but that I makes the nickname even better. Asking, I think we refrain from asking that question. <laughs> Just assume he meets everyone yeah. on Tinder. Yeah. But that makes the nickname even better if he didn't meet her on Tinder. Because he's got his nickname for always being on Tinder. Then he actually finds somebody not there. So, could have been like a Bumble or something like that, I guess, though. Yeah. All right. Um, so who's the uh, person that just takes the game far too seriously? <laughs> um. Prop, that has to be hands down uh, our coach and co-founder, Greg Everett. Um, everybody knows that about him, but we just know that it's because he's so passionate about the sport. Um, but I can, I can guarantee you that at every grand final, I, I know I've seen him shed a tear. <laughs> now that's right. We love passion with footy and there's a lot of, a lot of passionate people with football over here, and it's good that it's uh, spreading over the over the world. And we know that uh, a lot of clubs around the world are full of passionate people because you got to be passionate to be able to play play the game in the different places where we got to travel so much. So yeah, um, I think to maintain it and and to really like introduce the sport to like. For so many of us, the sport is completely foreign. I had no idea what footy was um, before my friend had introduced it to me, but I'm so thankful that she did. So, so yeah, just to be really like to have that passion and introduce new players to it and really take the time and elevate their skills and, and show them what's what, it, it, it really does require a lot of passion. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. And all right, if you were stuck on one of those road trips to an uh, away game or wherever it may be, uh, who's the one person you wouldn't want to be stuck in a room, sharing a room with? Uh, on my team? Uh, that's hard to say. I'm such a nice person. I love all my teammates. Um... If I, had... so I love all my teammates, but I could name twenty bikes I wouldn't want to be in the room with. <laughs> <laughs> I think with the girls, it's not too bad. Um, I don't know. I I honestly don't have a name that comes to the top of my head for that one. Oh, that's all right. That's I can name. I can name. Well, I can name people on on other teams that are not. <laughs> <laughs> That I don't want to be in a room with. <laughs> there was one. There was one girl, um, and she was just constantly gassy, like burping and farting. <laughs> so I'd probably elect her not to not to be in a room with. <laughs> Someone else from another club getting thrown under the bus. I like this. Um, 
So who your who are the kangaroos have the biggest bromance? The biggest bromance. Um, I don't know. I feel like I have to call my boyfriend for that one. I feel like. Um, I mean, I'd probably say. I don't know. I can't really think. I'm just drawing a blank right now. I don't uh, know. That's all good. There's listening back. People will probably go, hey, we've got the biggest bromance. What? You didn't mention us. <laughs> that's all good. Uh, you'll probably you'll probably hit you later on. You'll be like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Um, but if I'm th- if I'm gonna pick one, I'll 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 say my boyfriend. They call him Burns, and then um, one of his lads, Munzee. They're always together. So <laughs> that's right. That's... Burnsy and Munzee. All the nicknames have to end in E. I find. Yeah, it's it's a common one to have a E at the end. Or e or Y. Y. Yeah, yeah. you got to have a. It's got to have a little ring to it for some reason, but. Um, thanks heaps for joining us we appreciate you taking the time uh, but where can everyone go to follow along with the kangaroos and, and you know follow you guys as you make it to the next grand final uh, so you can follow us on Instagram Etobicoke kangaroos and then we also have our website etobicokangaroos.com uh, awesome. We'll make sure we share all those. Uh, is there anything else there, Phil? No, I just want to thank you for jumping on. Um, you mentioned about your socials, and you guys are very active on social media, which I like to see, um, especially during this period. But, yeah, just hope you guys can get a season up and going this year at some point. Um, and as, you know, as Richie said, go ahead and win yourself another premiership for the men's and the women's. I'm sure you guys would uh, love to bring home a double once again. But, yeah, thank you for joining us. No worries. Thank you for having me. Yes. Just kick off another four, Pete. You'll be right. Just, uh... <laughs> yeah. We'll shoot for it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra cast with the present VP.